Welcome to another special edition of the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I'm Kate Calusiestes, one of the pastors on staff. Covenant Presbyterian Church is an open and affirming congregation. Our primary mission is to equip God's people to serve Christ in the world. In our messages, we hope that you will find inspiration, encouragement, and even challenge for your journey of faith. We invite you to listen with us now. Today, we get to hear parables, those odd little stories that start with a common image and use it to make a somehow uncommon point. Parables may well be Jesus' favorite tool for nudging us to tune in to the reign of God, knowing that if we're alert to it, we might sense how we can pitch in and at least cheer it on. Now, whenever we're talking about the reign of God, which we are called to look for and work for and pray for and live into, whenever we are talking about the reign of God, we are at the very limits of language. Even Jesus, the great teacher, great storyteller, the great and good son of God, even Jesus couldn't tidily articulate the reign of God. Instead, we hear him saying, well, it's like a woman who took some yeast. It's like a man who found a pearl, a man who lost a sheep, a woman who lost a coin. It's as if a younger son were to take his inheritance, as if a merchant, as if a widow, as if a Samaritan. Those are all parables from Jesus. And they all include human action. That human action is, yes, certainly eclipsed by God's work, and yet it is part of God's reign. And I think Jesus wants us to notice that. But why does Jesus churn out so many of these odd little stories? I wonder if it's because he knows that we need to be reminded over and over and over and over to be on the lookout for God's inbreaking reign. Why? So that those of us who are feeling strong can get on board and help make it happen. And those of us who are not feeling strong can trust that it is happening. So, as you listen to these two little parables from Jesus, ponder what would Jesus want us to be looking out for? Listen wondering how you might get on board not because God needs our help, but because we need to be contributing to something beyond ourselves. And finally, as you listen, notice that Jesus does not say, the kingdom of God will be like, no. Jesus says, the kingdom of God is. This is The Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, starting with verse 26. And Jesus said, The reign of God is as if a man would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. The man does not know how. On its own, the earth bears fruit. First the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. And when the grain is ripe, immediately the man goes in with the sickle 
because the harvest has come. And Jesus also said, with what can we compare the reign of God? Or what parable will we use? It is like a mustard seed, which when sown upon the ground is smaller than all the seeds of the earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all shrubs and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can rest in its shade. With many such parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Several summers ago, Clark and I visited my Aunt Jean and Cousin Chuck in Madison, Wisconsin. And to see the sights, we all piled into Chuck's car. He backed out of the driveway, headed down the hill, took the first left, and slammed on the brakes because there was this dump truck and these men shoveling gravel into these gaping potholes. So Chuck backed up and headed further down the hill, took the next left, and slammed on the brakes because there was this work crew painting this tarry stuff in the cracks in the asphalt left by Wisconsin's annual deep freeze. Chuck hesitated momentarily, then backed up and headed back up the hill, past his house, took the first right, and that street was happily clear. He kept going for a couple of blocks, took another right, and slammed on the brakes because, yes, there was another utility guy there in an orange vest and a stop sign. At this point, Chuck took a deep breath and then said, in Madison, there are two seasons, winter and road construction. (laughs) This sort of awareness of seasonal patterns that roll along beyond human control is not unique to my cousin, nor is it limited to Madison, Wisconsin. Humans have long noted the predictable pattern of sun, moon, and stars, even building temples that functioned as calendars and linking worship with agriculture. So Jesus is in good company when he starts riffing on seasonal patterns and plant life. In today's first parable, a person scatters seeds, and then the laws of nature, the laws of God, take over, and each seed progresses through its seasons. It sends forth a tender green shoot. It brings forth a bud, and then it produces fully-fledged fruit. The person who scattered the seeds has nothing to do with this dependable pattern. In fact, the person has been getting on with his life while this hidden yet trustworthy inevitability has unfolded of its own fruitful accord. Jesus proclaims that the reign of God can be like that, predictable in its fruitfulness. A bit of human activity early on may get things going, and some human activity later on may make the most of the yield, but throughout it all, a hidden yet trustworthy force is at work. And Covenant Presbyterian has sown seeds and then gone about its business while those seeds took root and grew. I think of my colleague, Kate Calusiestes. Since she's not here, we'll talk about her. (laughs) Raised in this congregation, Kate learned from you to work 
for social justice. And then years later, when she heard a call to ordination, you supported her in that journey. Two decades later, during an addlingly difficult year in which y'all could not gather in person, even as you bid farewell to two pastors. What a helpful harvest that Kate would be asked to serve here during that season. That, Jesus would say, is what the reign of God is like. Whether we see it or not, we can rely on it because the reign of God follows an inevitable, gracious pattern in which goodness is sown and grows and matures and bears fruit. And I hope you are thinking, hang on. We know of patterns that don't turn out like that. Instead of a child being born into a stable home, strengthened by healthy food and affordable health care, sent off each golden morning to well-equipped schools where there are fairly compensated teachers, guided through peaceful streets into vibrant adolescence and productive adulthood, we know there are other patterns. There are children abused by addiction before they're even born, stunted in spirit by systemic prejudice, stunted in mind by, under by underfunded education, stunted in body by food desert scarcity, harmed by laws and sometimes by law enforcement, and always at risk of being swallowed up by the pipeline to prison. So when we see those patterns, where is the trustworthy inevitability of God's gracious pattern? Yeah, I hope you know that I cannot explain why nor how there are forces in opposition to God's reign. But faith tells us that when all is said and done, those forces are not mightier than God's reign. God's work is happening, even if it is hidden, even hidden for a long time. Next Saturday is Juneteenth, which marks the day when the quarter million enslaved people in Texas were finally informed that the Emancipation Proclamation had freed them two and a half years earlier. And as prejudices and policies that have, God forgive us, been held over from slavery continue to cloud our nation, faith has the heavy lift of believing that God's work continues to happen, even though hidden. Yeah, this church is where faith comes in. Jesus describes it elsewhere as faith the size of a mustard seed. And so I want to tell you about my first encounter with mustard seeds. I was raised outside the church, but in a very churchy town, and so pretty much all of my classmates were part of that very churched culture that my brothers and I sort of squinted at with some suspicion. Lots of my classmates, lots of the girls at my school, wore these little necklaces. And if you had one, I hope you'll let us know online. They had inside them a little glass ball, and inside were a couple of little 
dusty things, kind of ugly looking, kind of the least ornamental ornament I'd ever seen. And so finally I had to say, um, what's that thing around your neck? Oh, these are mustard seeds. Huh? You know, mustard seeds, like in the Bible. For the record, that is not the tone to take with the unchurched. But who is to say that it was not from that tiny seed of curiosity, and purely by the grace of God, I assure you, I had nothing to do with it, that here I am now standing talking with you about the parables of Jesus. So that's my own personal mustard seed parable. Mark's mustard seed parable is today's second story of God mysteriously at work to bring about some sort of transformation. This time, however, rather than incremental growth of seed to stalk to bud to grain, this time the growth isn't predictable. It's astonishing. Not only does a tiny seed become a great big shrub, but that shrub becomes a living demonstration of God's love for all creation. So, in addition to hidden yet predictable, the reign of God is also like if a little girl in Sweden were to become so concerned about the climate crisis that she urged her family to reduce their carbon footprint, realizing that it would take more than that to rescue the only home humanity has, she went on strike. That tiny action grew to include hundreds of thousands of students around the world, and these youngsters called on leaders of government and industry to grow up and get real about the single greatest inconvenient truth that we are facing ever. And then, by God's hidden power, every one of us began to notice the inbreaking reign of God and decided to get on board so that all creatures, great and small, might thrive in the branches of this movement. That's not predictable incremental growth. That's God's hidden yet trustworthy reign in its most astonishing form. And no, that parable isn't fully realized yet because the inbreaking reign of God isn't finished. It is underway and it is ongoing, but it is not yet a done deal. But I hope, I pray, you see how every one of us can get on board and help make it happen. You know how to do that. This church is the headquarters of Laganav Haiti Partners. In ecumenical cooperation, you have worked with Haitians in mutually transformative relationship to improve healthcare, education, economic opportunity, sanitation, clean water. If you have participated in that, whether traveling to Haiti, donating funds, or simply holding this ministry in prayer, would you please stand? And if you're watching online, give us a thumbs up. 
Thank you, church. And if you aren't familiar with this manifestation of the reign of God, you can find the link on our website. While you're there, don't miss the blog post by Covenant's own Allison Kaufman. You might call it the parable of the old Mack truck. Jesus told far more parables than I have just told, helping his disciples notice the inbreaking reign of God so that we can trust that even though hidden, it is happening, so that we can get on board and help it happen, whether incrementally or astonishingly. Let's do that, church. Let's help one another notice and let's continue scattering seeds in the faith that whatever parable we use, God's hidden yet trustworthy reign is at work in this season and every season. Thanks be to God. Thank you for listening to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast. And please visit our website, covpresatl.org, for more information as well as our full archive of recorded services to learn more about us and to get in touch with us. We wish you well in these times of upheaval. Grace and peace to you.